are now listening to Tempo Podcast. This is Tempo Podcast, and I am Chris Thomas. We are in episode 10, Economic Base Part 2, with a special guest. We are continuing our discussion today about the fundamentals of economic development involving people, money, and the transition of this money to willing participants who are invested in creating sustainable communities. Before we go um, deeper into this, I just want to come to this conclusion and this thought that let us draw to this conclusion involving communities first. Communities are not our zip codes. That's your neighborhood. But communities are this. They're a unified group of like-minded people communicating in a progressive direction for a collective goal. <clears throat> so now today, our special guest is a good friend of mine, someone I admire, man, someone that is special to me. He has the ability to light up a room if you ever come in contact with him. He is my brother from another. His name is Nafis Johnson. He's a father, man. He's a son. He's an amazing brother. He is the owner of um, Beloved Vending Services. He is a real estate investor and a fan and the founder of the Dyer House, which he specializes in trauma counseling. Before we dive into all this, man, again, I want to welcome him. What's going on, Nafis? What's going on, Chris? What's going on, man? Thank you for the introduction. Oh, no problem, man. No problem. You're my guy, man. Yeah, man. It's been a long time, man. Long time. It, it was funny because when we talked that time, it was like we just seen each other two Fridays ago. I know. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We ain't lose a beat. You know what yeah. I mean? And and that's love, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, that. That meant a lot. That meant a lot to me. Yeah. Um, so today we're talking about economic development, man. We're talking about building an economic base as just people in general, but especially for the African-American community. Um, because you're an entrepreneur, you understand the process of building something. You understand the process of implementing strategies, right? So in that spirit, right, can you explain to me your reasoning on why you chose to be an entrepreneur? Well, honestly, um, I always had jobs. Um, I was working in the criminal justice field. Of course, I'm a graduate of Chain University. I got my uh, bachelor's in criminal justice. So I always was in the field of social work. Um, I worked in prisons. I worked in group homes where I was just constantly working around the clock, constantly uh, 7 to 3, 3 to 11, um, 4 to 12, 11 to 7. And it was a span of like four or five years where I was just, I had the mindset that, all right, just work hard overtime, work hard 80 hours, 40 hours a week plus another 40, 80 hours a week, a time and a half. And I just yeah. mentally, I was just thinking like, okay, like this was the way to go um, until I reached burnout status. And not only did I reach burnout status, I started seeing jobs where it was like, oh, okay, they're not even working as hard as I am. Um, and I didn't have much time. I didn't have much time. I remember falling asleep in a theater with my son. Um, wow. I remember my son telling me, um, you always go, you always fall asleep. And, you know, I thought, you know, I was trying to create a better life for him. So just working, working, working was just my life. Um, and it wasn't until I'm 35, honestly. And it wasn't until about maybe like 31, 32. Mm. It's not even that long ago where I was like, you know, I got to do something. Um, I got to do something that's going to give me money in my sleep or something that's going to um, Im impact my future long term, you know, versus just working around the clock. So at that moment, I was like, you know, I want to create um, some outlets to um fuel my life and make sure that I wouldn't have something for my son and, you know, build generational wealth where I don't have to work as hard. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. When you started the beloved vending services, right, did you have a, a common knowledge already about the business or you had to 
get yourself caught up to speed? Oh, uh, honestly, that that business mindset came from a guy I'm from Philadelphia. Actually, I always give him credit when I do these interviews. Um, okay. I was just I was just in the bed one night, couldn't fall asleep, and I stumbled across his page. Um, his name is um, Kashif Edwards. His uh, vending machine pages. Um, the Vending Biz, at right. the Vending Biz, one of those. So I stumbled across his page and it was like, hey, you know, do you want to make a hundred, I make a hundred thousand dollars a year in vending. I was like, what? I was like, there's no way. Like right. no a hundred grand off like chips and sodas. So I dived into it. This was like three, four in the morning, bro. And I was, um, I was intrigued. And I was like, he was like, you know, you can make money in your sleep. And I, at the time I was like, oh, just place a machine in there. And oh, it was just that easy. So I bought his book. His book at the time was like 15 hours. It was like a, a skip. It was like a skip trace, you know, real quick book. And then he had another course called a master class where that was like one hundred and fifty dollars. But this time he had it on sale. He had a Black Friday deal and it was like half off. Right. But right. the master class basically taught the business side of it. Um, what, what's a good machine stuff? We'll talk about later on in an interview, like where to go for them. And I literally did all that in a span of two, like one or two days. I had got my once I got the knowledge, LLC did immediately. Came up with the name, um, which the name I've always I always used beloved because that was super funny to me. I remember that from school, man. Yeah. Right. That was just that was just always funny to me. So I was like, oh, chill, beloved, like chill. Like, what's up, beloved? So it was like a form of endearment. It was like a you know, a nice gesture. So, you know, I used to say it all the time. So I was like, oh, okay, beloved in the services. And um, I formed it, LLC it that night, well, like two, three days after that. Um, did the business cards. I did the whole business in under five days. So wow. Um, and I did that in December. I didn't get a location until May of this year. So I'm gonna talk to y'all how difficult that is. So, okay, yeah. Well, go ahead and go ahead and explain that because oh, I want right. to hear that process, man. Yeah. And I, so the people need to hear it too because a lot of times people want to be, you know, they want to be the owner of something, or they want to be an entrepreneur, they want to be in control of their own narrative, but they don't understand the process behind everything before they even right. jump into their endeavor. So go ahead and explain. Right. So, um. At this moment, I was like, you know what? I didn't see too many people doing it. He was the only one I seen doing it. It wasn't until I got in the business and I seen like, oh, it's kind of saturated. So mm -hmm. once he, you know, gave me the vision and um, I LLC'd it, incorporated my business. Um, off the rip, I wanted to make it official. I was like, you know, I'm not going to have step. You know, if I'm going to go out there and do a business, I want to be presentable. I want to be professional. And I want, you know, people to look at me as in that matter. So I had, um, I LLC'd it. Um, created my logo. I, I um I started. I draw. The, actually, drew the logo because like, I got do like little graffiti here and there. So I actually drew the logo myself, yeah. and then I had got someone um to do a logo for me. Um, and that was really inexpensive, about thirty dollars. This is the logo actually right here. Um, and I, like I that. you know, that was my logo. So I got the logo, business cards. Um, I got somebody to do a website. Like I wanted to go all out, right? And the things I'm telling you to start this business, you don't have to do these things. But I recommend people get the website because I make the website gives me the ability to, for people to make outreach to me in my sleep. I've had people email me, um, hey, I want to request the machine because on my website, you can actually request the machine. You can say like companies can go. So if you Google my my business, my website will come up. And basically, if a company wants a machine, they can kind of like request it on there. and It'll come straight to my email. I ended up getting a business email business phone number, business cards. I did the whole nine. I didn't want to have steps. So everything was my, my business name was info at beloved business services. I got a business phone line. I got business cards. I got a logo. I brand myself. Um, I put my brands on 
this is this apparel. I'm only wearing this hoodie today because when I go fill up, I usually wear my hoodies. Um, I do have um, button up collar shirts with the lo- with the logo on it. Um, I have pins, um, pins that I just like circle pins. I have those. Um, I have actual pins. Um, I have flyers. So, you know, I'll take I'll take a, I'll pick a day on like a weekend and just drive around Philly. And just mm-hmm. um, if I go to a laundromat, hey, you know, my name is Nafis Johnson from Beloved Vendor Services. I noticed you didn't have a vending machine. They might say, hey, the owner's not here. Okay, can you just give them this flyer? And, you know, I'll drop the flyer off. Um, the flyer is really detailed. So my startup mindset was that I wanted to not have step. Um, I okay. didn't want to play myself. I didn't want to get out there and without my T's crossed and my eyes dotted. I wanted to really go all in. And this is one of the few businesses that it doesn't take a lot to start up. So that was really intriguing to me. Like, you can really get this business. You can really make money if you have two or three thousand dollars. Really, I would say if anybody really wants to get in it, have three thousand dollars saved up, and you can really, you can really make money. My first, my first month at my location, um, my soda machine alone made eight hundred dollars, and that was just in a month. Mm. Um, my snack machine made like six. So that first month, I made like fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars, and in one month. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you minus the um, minus the product cost, um, you can cut corners with that as well um, by possibly using, you know, some people use the snap benefits or some people you might know somebody had those benefits and you can kind of like, you know, lower your yeah, product cost. Right. Right. So um, it's the only business I tell people that you can start it with low money. It's not like real estate where you might need 10, 15, 15,000. Yeah. This particular business, if you have an income tax or $3,000, you can get the business started. And you do not need everything I just mentioned. You do not need, you do not need everything. Like you can literally have a Facebook and a social media platform and an LLC and get it moving. Me, if you want to be marketable, um, especially we're in a marketing era where we have social media and you got things popping up on the screens and stuff like that. So you want, if you want to be marketable and being taken serious, you would get everything I said. So um, it took me about five, six months. I was cold calling, uh, driving around Philadelphia, just getting blanks. Uh, people was like, no, I'm cool. People was angry. Um, people, I, I had interviews where people wanted half my business. People wanted 50% of my business. All oh, I want 20, 30, 40% commission. Um, you know, so stop me if I'm saying too much, though, if you wanted to interject and go in on it. No, you're good. Um, you're good. So, yeah, it was, um, that was tough for me. I went through a period where I just couldn't find anything. Um, and I'm, you know, I was wasting money. Well, I wouldn't say wasting money, but I was burning money just driving around, yeah. um, asking people, going in a laundromat. COVID hit. Once COVID hit, it was pretty much, it was bad around that time. Which I was so blessed. I actually put my machine during COVID, but I happened to have a loft um, location, and that's that was pretty much essential. People lived there, so it was like yeah. it was really a gold mine because people couldn't really go outside. So mm-hmm. nobody was really going shopping. Nobody's really getting nothing to drink. So if I got an eight-story loft and they can just come downstairs in the lobby, I was the man at that time. Yeah, you was winning, was, right. <laughs> right. So um, I tell people um, when I started the business, they told me never go over. Like when you go into these businesses, be professional. You got, I go into this, these organizations like I'm, like I'm trying to get a contract. And in, in all reality, I am. Um, like I, I believe that's like, you know, I don't mean to cut you off, but what you did was you made a power move rather than just a hustle. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you went, you created the presentation. Mm-hmm. You you made yourself more marketable to all people because a lot of times we put ourselves in our own box or we put mm-hmm. ourselves in our own category by the way we go about things. Right. But what you did was, man, that was that was a power move. So go ahead and finish, man. I mean, yeah. So, um, you know, I was going into locations and I was, you know, people were like, I had a guy. He was like, oh, I just want the machines. I mean, he didn't like in my head. I'm like, you know, I got to pay for these machines. Right. He was just like, OK, <laughs> well, if you make um, two hundred dollars, I want one one hundred or one fifty. I'm like, you have to just break down the business because what people with these organizations don't understand is that we buy the product. We buy the machines. We transport the machines. We maintenance the machine. Um, if anything go wrong, um, we reimburse you. If things get stuck, uh, we have to be literally on call. I wouldn't say on call. I got to wake up at three, four in the morning. but you know, you want to get that customer service background, which I do. I've worked at Sam's Club. I worked at Burger King. I worked at Walmart when I was mm-hmm. a kid. So, you know, you want to get that customer service background where it's like, it's not worth it. A dollar pack of Oreos, you know, having a negative attitude or listen, bro, I'm listen, uh, ma'am, I apologize if I can just, you know, run it by you. I do promotions where I, I, I got a lot of mentors that uh, taught me the game. That's another thing I did when I got in the game. Once I got my business established i I paid for a mentor so basically everything that i'm breaking down to you i paid a mentor her name was chrissy tudors online um she's a really big huge um african-american woman um in in the vending machine business been in the game for years and i've actually paid her services um because i felt like i needed a little edge i tell people Mm -hmm. you know don't shortcut yourself um don't shortcut yourself if you don't know you don't know um because you will get out there and it'll be things you don't know. When I first bought my machine, I was so excited. I didn't know how to work this machine. Right. Like I just, I literally just paid for the machine. I had an opportunity to learn how to work machine because I went to the warehouse and my guy in Jersey, uh, Mr. Bill from Vin Medic. I put all these people in there. I always shout out all these people that was helping me throughout my journey. So when I went there, he was actually teaching me how to, how to work the machine. I was so excited that I was just listening to him. Like it was a big warehouse. I'm like, oh my God, look at this. A coke one. <laughs> Like when I got the machine, I didn't know how to change the prices. I didn't know. I lost a lot of the memory of what we what he taught me at the warehouse. Yeah, it was so bad that um, actually two of my rolls, two of my snack rolls, was free for like two days. I oh, was set the prices and set row E and F for free. Wow! So, right, I didn't even <laughs> notice it. I didn't even notice it until I came like the third day because. When I when I first stocked my machine, I was so excited. I was going every day, so every day. Oh, did, did, did they buy something? You right, know, I was right. going every day, and yeah. I just was like, "Let me just, you know, press the buttons. Let me play with the buttons." And it just was falling out. I'm like, "What the?" <laughs> and I pressed it. It was like the whole row was was zero. So, oh man. Um, what Chrissy taught me was the um, the professionalism side and the business side of it. What to expect? Um, what does a good machine look like? What does a bad machine look like? Noises you need to hear. What product sells the most? Uh, what soda sells the most? Um, there's specific products for demographic areas. Um, when I mm-hmm. first moved in my location, and this is no shade, but it was predominantly, when I went for the interview, I seen predominantly Caucasians. I seen the Asian community there. So me being semi-ignorant, I was like, okay, this might be a healthy place. They might not want the Doritos. They might not want this. Kind of found out. My first two weeks, I didn't make no money because I packed it with like Skinny Pop, um, gluten-free. I was kind of yeah. ignorant and thinking like, oh, they wouldn't want Doritos. They wouldn't want Oreos. They wouldn't want 
you know, they wouldn't want danishes and, you know, but it's a hit or miss business. So basically I had monsters, I had Red Bulls where I had Diet Pepsis. Yeah. Um, and I, and I vividly remember nobody buying them. I'm like, goodness. So, <laughs> you know, my first, my first two or three weeks, I lost about three, $400, um, Man. just off thinking that I knew what I was doing. Um, so I ended up taking the Red Bulls out, switching it from Mountain Dew. I ended up taking out the Diet Pepsi and putting Coke in there. So I got Coke and Pepsi, which hmm. a lot of people are nervous to do is to combine Coke and Pepsi. But um, some people like Coke, some people like Pepsi. So that's the truth. Um, I had root beer in there. Root beer wasn't was selling, but it was selling real slow. Um, I took that out and put a Fanta pineapple in there, and I can't keep Fanta pineapple in there right now. Right now, Gatorade, Fanta pineapple, lemon brisk, and Sprite, and water is like my top ones. Man, but Fanta pineapple, I can't keep that. I'm going. I'm filling the Fanta rolls up like at least once a week. Dang. So um. It's, 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 it's wins and losses in this business. Um, it, you just have to, you have to take the loss and then understand, okay, how can I get better? What, what product is selling the most right now for snacks? Surprisingly, fruit snacks, crimpets. Um, the snack is a little more harder because there's so many choices. It's like, how yeah. do I supply all these to everybody? And um, you only learn through losses. So I've lost the whole row. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh man. But um, I'm proud of myself. It's a great business. Um, I'm pr- I'm excited for the people that helped me. I'm I'm appreciative for the people that you know was throughout my journey that helped me. And it's a great business, man. So let me ask you this, because you touched on that you had a mentor. So you know, to my what you mean, you spoke, and to my knowledge, you do also for people wanting to get into business, you do the consultations. Correct. Speak about the process on how that works. Right. So the consultations, um, which was brought to me by my mentor. Right. So when I met my mentor, she was like, look, everything I teach you, I'm going to I'm gonna allow you to go out in this world and be able to use what I taught you to make money. So I'm all gullible back then. I'm like, I'm just, you know, just teach me right now. And I'm cool. I, I didn't want, you know, they say, you know, I didn't want the whole big thing. I just wanted the moment thing, just being ignorant. Yeah. So she taught me. Like she taught me everything she taught me. I was, I write it, I wrote it down. What's a good machine names of the machines, where to find the machines, what to look for. And she was like, the, what I'm going to teach you is what you're going to do for your mentor mentees. Mm-hmm. At this time, I'm like, I just got in the game. There's no way I can be a, a mentor. <laughs> right. But, um, what, right. But what she gave me was enough. So back then she charged me um, a lot of, it wasn't even a lot of money. I'm not even going to put a price tag on it. Cause I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to put a price tag on things. I think you still need it. So right. I charge people, my sessions is $40. Um, and I teach you start to finish. So basically, wherever your demographic area is, I'll teach you where to go for the LLC, what to do, LLC, EIN, business, um, you know, web design. I'll put you, give you all my contacts. I'll tell you where you can get logos for cheap, um, where to find the machines in your area for cheap. If you're nearby in the tri-state area, cool. Or I'll, I'll show you where you can get machines at, the brand of machines, what machines to avoid. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times when you get in this business, you know, we got new people and they're like, okay, let me get the $500 machine. And it's like, okay, that $500 machine might be leaking in two weeks. It might, you know, it might, not, it might have a warranty on it. So I, can, I advise people to go to warehouses. It's almost like, do you want to buy the car from, do you want to buy the car from the Ford dealership or do you want to buy it from your homie in Chester yeah. or on 9th Street or 
what right. you want to do. You know, I might take my chances with the wear with the warranty, <laughs> with, warranty right? With, with the Ford company because like, all right, they serviced it. It's cool. That's kind of like how the warehouse is. It's refurbished. They cleaned it. They inspected it. It's good to go. You might right. get a two hundred dollar machine thinking it's cool from North Philly, and they, they just want you to get out the garage and you know, it's two hundred dollars. It's not that big of a deal. Right. But when you get home or you put in that machine, it's not worth it because people they gonna call you, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's the worst thing you can have is people. That's like a nightmare in this business. People calling you saying this stuff got stuck, or people just losing their money, or the car reader not working, the coin dispenser is not working. So I, I I walk you through the whole process of where to find the machines, what products really sell. Um, how to look for machines, how to look for locations, what locations work the, are the best. Right now, the top of the list will be schools. Of course, with COVID, we're not really, we're not in school. Um, laundromats are great. Laundromats are excellent, especially if they're 24 hours. If you can get a laundromat contract, it's amazing. I tell people you can really make a hundred, you can really make six figures a year in this business. Um, I'm not even near close to six figures, but you start, you only start making money um after in my opinion i'm making money but it's just i'm still so happy to have a business so i'm in that phase where i'm like man i got my own business right so i'm seeing money but i can see more money by more locations so my goal is i have two machines in one location a snack and a soda so by the end of 2020 i want to have i want to have three locations i want to have six machines Mm -hmm. um and that's my goal and i'm working diligently to get that so i can see more money. I look at the real estate game like real estate, right? I look at the vending machine business like real estate. If I can collect $850 from this location, a thousand from this location, and I'm not even talking to anyone. I'm not, I don't have a, I'm not a landlord. I'm not, I'm not kicking you out. It's not first last security. It's like literally like Uber. <laughs> I drive here, I get 400 at this location, 800 here. You look up in a month, you clearing five, six thousand dollars. Right. You know, you times that by 12, that's 72,000. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's just off four or five machines. So it's it's very it's 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 very lucrative. Um and I, my plan is to eventually knock one of these jobs that I have and just really go full all in on my businesses with branching out getting more I want another I want a laundromat. That's my goal now. I want a laundromat, mm-hmm. I want a um another apartment. Um people think the business is saturated, but if you drive around, it's new construction being built every day. Every day, it's, it's new laws. It's, it's room for everybody. It's room for everybody, and a lot of people think like, "Oh, it's oversaturated," but it's, it's you have to either want it, right? So what I do is I walk you through start to finish everything. I'm talking about naming the machines, brand, what to avoid, what to spend on the machine, um, snacks, where to get the snacks from, the whole business side I take care of. So the whole business side, because I t- I teach my mentees, you don't never want to. Um, you want to get the business side out the way. You don't want to cut no corners with the business side. You want to go in these organizations uh, dressed up, business cards, um, brochures. I have a brochure, um, which I'll which I'll actually show you in a little bit. I have a brochure. I have a binder with. I have a brochure that shows all my options of soap machines, combo machines, snack machines, everything you want. So I give that to them when I go there. Hey, you know, you can look through my portfolio. You can see what I have. I bring my I bring my L, my my documentation my LLC. I'm an established business. I give you my website. I I pretty much sell myself, mm-hmm. and I tell people, um, we tell these organizations we're selling convenience. You know we don't we're selling convenience, right? So the my my asset to your company is convenience. It's convenient for me when it's cold outside 
that you don't have to go out there. Eventually, I'm going to start branching into coffee machines, mm. um, um, you know, wholesale coffee machines where I'm having distributing coffee machines through big companies. You know, I'm offering services. I'm offering you don't you don't have to go to Dunkin Donuts. Your employees can go in the mm. break room and get a, a nice hot coffee or hot cocoa or, you know, whatever they want or a, a, a bottle of water, a snack or, you know, so I, I tell you know, my organiz like the people that I'm, you know, interested in, you know, I'm selling this. I'm going to be, I'm, I tell people it's free. When I, when I call companies, my first thing is, do you want a free machine? Because to them, it's free. They don't pay for anything. All I need is the yes. That's it. So I'm pushing that it's free. Would you, or are you, how does free sound, ma'am, sir? What do you think about having a free machine in here? Oh yeah, what, what do I have to do? Nothing. Right. You don't have to do anything. I'm going to do everything. But other than the services, we're going to handle that. We're going to do everything. So that's the narrative I push. We're offering free service. We're offering free um, vending machines. So, that's how so let me ask you this. So with the consultation, the uh, me, you and I were speaking, and um, I'm I'm definitely I'm interested. Um, right. I do I do want to schedule the consultation. I'll go to your website right. and do that. Um, but you were saying that you not only do this in the city of Philadelphia, but right. you also do it around the nation. Right. Speak speak about that a little bit. So a couple of clients that you have and things of that nature. Right. What I mean by that, I found um, I have a location service. Right. So I have a thing where if you give me, it's like, say I'm I'm working with you, Chris, and you like, you know, wherever you at, you like, all right, I just I'll I'll ask you. I do thirty thirty rule, thirty okay. miles or thirty minutes, um, and I kind of want you to be close to your location, right? You don't want to. I just got offered a location in Delaware, right? But it was like fifty five minutes. The crazy thing about it is that it was a really good location. So there's a lot of ways to make money in this business, right? Chris, for example, you can drive around wherever you live, right? And you can see an apartment. And you can go in there and ask them yourself without even having a business. Hey, I'm Chris. I noticed, you know, I was here visiting a friend. I noticed you guys don't have a um, vending machine, right? You can get the owner name, the number, address, and everything. And you can literally sell that in my location, right? You can, you can say, hey... I got a location for sale, five hundred dollars. So you, so now you making money without even touching a location. So it's wow. locations that I would do for you. You would give me your zip code, right? I all, I usually take five zip codes, right, in your area, okay. and I would um basically find a location for you. Um, I will send you a location. Hey, they said they're interested. Now it's up to you to go out there and seal the deal. Now with the okay. event, with the location services, you would get the Name of the place, owner's name, email. You would get all the contact information for this for this typical location, and then it's up to you to go out there and get the contract. Um, some locations don't want contracts. My location I'm at now, he didn't even want a contract. Yeah. He just was like, he wanted a percentage, and that was that. He didn't want to sign anything. I had a contract for him, but in this business, contracts don't really mean that much because the owner can always like deny you. He can say. Oh, we're going another direction. So, or yeah. he's out on one of them more. Okay. And you can't say, no, nah, like, you know, we, I mean, cause it's not like, it's a contract, but it's not like a legal binding document where it's like, mm -hmm. cause you can't, uh, you, he, you can't tell him you, I, you going to make me stay here. Or I, like, like if the owner say, Hey, I don't want him no more. You can't say, no, I'm staying here. It's like, you know, so I would basically say, Chris, give me five um, areas, zip codes that's close to you. And um, I'll be able to find something in under two weeks tops. So I would just be calling you every day like, hey, I got this one for you. And then once we decide on which one you want, that's where the price comes in, right? I've sold 
barbershops. Um, barbershops, I normally let those go for like $100 or $200, sometimes $100. So what I tell people is that location is the hardest part of the business. So right now, Chris, if you said, you know what, I got everything, right? I got the business, I got the EIN, I got the LLC, the business cards, I got my website going, but I cannot find a location. What would it hurt you to give me, like, okay, um, I'm going to give you 200 for a ready-made location. You don't even have to go anywhere. It's already ready-made. I already liaisoned the deal. That's a done deal. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing to think about. There's yeah. nothing to think about. So the average person going to say, if I come to them like, hey, I got a nine-story loft, um, 800 tenants, 500. If you're smart, you're going to say, 500? What? Oh, yeah. and, and I already talked to them. All I got to do is put the machines? Say less, because you're going to get your money back. Absolutely. So, there's a lot of ways you can make money in this business. Consultations, mentoring, location services, or just find locations on your own. Say you knew me, well, you know me, and you like, yo, yo, Nafis, I ain't, I'm not in the business, but I got this apartment that wanted, you wanted 200. Oh, Chris, say less. I'm gonna give you the money. Okay, okay. You know, so that's another way that you can make money in this field. So uh, with the location services, I do that. I do mentoring. Um, and that's pretty much it. Mentoring, consultations, and location services. So it's, it's like three, four ways to make money in this business. So that that's the whole consultation process process that you offer, and people can contact you through your website. What's the address to your website? Through, through, oh, um, www.allbelovedvindeservices.com. All one Love, word. Belovedvindeservices.com. Yeah. So y'all yeah, heard that. All one word. Um, the the location services and the and the consultation is two different programs though. So okay. the consultation is just this is for a newbie that doesn't know anything about the business. They just need a direction, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of like what I paid my mentor for, but instead I paid hundreds, which I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, which now she's a little more higher. Actually, she's a lot more higher. Okay, which she she should be. She should so be absolutely. She should be right. She's put her work in, she's put her time in, and she's. I would give her more than what I paid for. What she taught me is like priceless. So it's everything. Um, yeah. And I'm only doing forty dollars because, and sometimes I don't want to put money on it all the time. I've actually had coworkers. Like you, Chris, I would sit on the phone with you for an hour and just tell you all this. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, I think sometimes you get farther with doing, with just giving back sometimes. I don't always, I only really charge people when I'm overwhelmed. Like, if yeah. I got a lot going on in life, I got a day, I mean, I have a day job, I got my son. I'm like, oh, this is a lot. I'm going to need $40. But other than that, pretty much people that I know, I, I pretty much just talk to them on the phone. And we, yeah, just for the love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what it's always about. Yeah. Man. Love is always first. Right. So, so along with the the the, the vending services um, that you that you do, you're doing the the four different areas. You're helping people through the process of getting them to their goal, whatever their goal is, as far as the um, vending service. But you also have a, a counseling counseling center. Right now, I don't want to mess this up. I've messed it up twice already. <laughs> What's the name of the counseling center? All right. So let me back up for a minute. So once I graduate from Cheney. Um, I took I took years off. I was okay. just out here. I was just working, and um, I'm 35. It wasn't until I kind of went through like a semi crisis in my life where I was just like, "Yo, I need some mental health. I need to know what's going on." Um, a lot of stuff stemmed from my childhood with my dad and the drug abuse and stuff like that. So I was like, "Yo, you know, I'm losing a lot of, you know, I was, at this time I was just losing a lot of women. I wasn't being a man. I was just, you know, I was just, I didn't have no guidance, right?" Yeah. So I um I created my foundation called He Diet House, right? So He Diet House in Arabic, He Diet means guidance in Arabic. 
So at the time I was struggling so bad, when I was young, I never had an old head. I never had a, a mentor. I never had anybody I can go to or run an idea off. Like, oh, what you think about this? Yo, cousin, yeah. what you, oh, dad, let me. So I never really had that guidance. And I really, in, in all reality, I believe I turned out really well without it. I think we've all go through trauma in life where, you know, we need our dad more than anything, or we need, our, we need some guidance more than anything. And I'm seeing how it affects our kids. I'm seeing how um, fathers not being around, how angry our young teenagers are, how most, how, how they're not emotional anymore, or you're, you're a sucker if you're crying, or you corny yeah. if you express yourself. So um, we're just not tapped in with our emotions. So I went to Jefferson. I enrolled in Jefferson um, University. And the only reason why I rode into it, enrolled into that, into that um, college was because they had a program called Community Trauma Counseling. Mm. Um, it was CTC, Community Trauma Counseling. I was like, wow. It was a new program. I'm like, wow, Community Trauma Counseling. It sounds so deep, right? Mm. And I was like, you know, it's really adults, you know, that's walking around with serious trauma, whether it's um, verbal abuse, drug abuse, uh, physical abuse. It's... Um, you know, it's men and women that's been touched, abused as kids that are just walking around at 35, 40, 60 and just haven't letting it out. Right. And we can see it on a daily basis. They're angry. They're 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 um, they're isolating themselves. They're shutting off the world. You know, they're always upset. You know, it's it's, it's signs we see. So right. around that time. Um, and I was just I was just like lost. I was lost. So I, I enrolled at um, Jefferson and it changed my life and around that time. I, I understood patience. I understood what it means to listen. Um, I was when I talk to people now, instead of me just trying to get another word in, I'm actually listening and hear versus hearing to react. Um, sometimes I, well, back then I used to just if I heard one thing, I'm gonna react off that one thing. But it's like you know, not feasible. There's a lot of things that were said in that conversation that you could have picked up on where you probably could have got your answer. But instead, right. you look at one thing and you want to go somewhere else. So um, I created my foundation. He died a house uh, while I was in. Um, in the grad program. Um, and basically he died house means guidance in Arabic. So the way that the way the mental health field works is that once you graduate, um, you have to, which you have to do two years post-grad in order to be licensed. So he died house is not, I don't have a center yet. Right. But my goal is to, once I become a licensed, um, therapist, then I can create my, my own brick and mortar, um, where I want to create a center for teenagers between 12 and 18, male and female, um, mm-hmm. where we can touch that demographic in the urban community. And um, in the meantime, um, he died house, we're gonna be doing, we were doing, crazy thing is we were supposed to do, uh, we were supposed to go to Malcolm X, the place where he was killed at, at the ballroom. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was gonna get a van um, and, on, and while we was driving to New York, I was going to do, you know, a life skills thing, like checking with all the young guys, like, hey, what's going on? What do right. you guys know about depression? What do you guys know about um, isolating yourself? What do, you, what do you guys know about, you know, we're talking about mental health, sex. How, how do you guys feel about this? Where you got to tap into the kids' emotions? What do you guys mm-hmm. think about crying? What do you think about what does depression look like? So kind of like a life skills group on the way there. We're going to provide lunch. Um, we're going to do a lot of things. So my outreach was to just start doing community trips, whether it's Six Flags, whether it's um, I'm, I'm Muslim, so whether it's going to mm-hmm. a mass shit out of the city, and some some kids never been out of the city, so take a group of eight, nine young kids on a Friday because um, the, the city of Philadelphia excuses if you Muslim, you can get a, a pass for attending Jumu'ah, um, which is the, um, it's like Islamic, for Christians it would be church, but for us right. it would be Jumu'ah on Friday. So 
you get an excuse pass, right? So okay. we would have, um, I would take the kids, round them up, you know, and I had a lot of parents just like, here, take my son. I remember I introduced my program um, in 2018 during uh, Ramadan. I had introduced my program in the mass year and the parents were just flocking me. I actually was still in school and I'm like, you know, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was like, it's coming soon. Look out for it because I will be, um, you know, taking kids out of Philly. I will be doing mental health. Um, and fast forward to now, a lot of those parents, I will be starting my mental health um, with under my director at an agency. Well, she has a private practice. So I will be starting officially October 1st. Um, with a lot of those kids that were interested then I kind of called them all back and said, Hey, spoke to their parents and said, Hey, you know, I'm you're not doing the therapy part now. So you, you just be shocked how many, how many young kids deal with anxiety, um, you know, depression, you know, a lot of divorce rates, a lot of fathers are incarcerated. So these kids just walking around angry. Um, of course in the city of Philadelphia, we, we've averaging about 400 some homicides a year. So we losing parents. We're losing uncles, we're losing moms. Lately, they've been just killing um, women now in Philadelphia, which is tragic. But um, that's what he die house is going to bring to the table. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm 35. I'm fairly young, and um, I have an energy by myself. You, you've been around me before. Yeah, you do, man. You do. Um, yeah, you've been around me before. Where it's, it's, it's attractive. It's like, okay, cool. He's down to earth. He's cool. Like we can have fun, right? And then we can be serious, and then we can we can tap into. Yo, it's cool to be cool. It's cool to have fun and be thorough. Yeah. It's cool to cry, but still be the man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's cool to be honest and say, you know, that hurt my feelings. Or that bothered me. So I'm going to walk you through how to, how to effective, we call it effective communication. Um, talking, to, talking to people in a positive manner, but still getting your point across. Avoiding what we call, what was the term I was using? A passive aggressive, where people like to get smart, but in a, you know, a low passive way. No, if you have a problem, if I have a problem with you, Chris, I should be able to come to you and say, hey, Chris, Hey, what you said, I, it, I, that kind of like hurt my feelings. It kind of bothered me. Right, and it's right. up to you to say, hey, you know, I apologize. Like, I, didn't, I didn't take it like that. I didn't know. We don't do that now. We're just shooting you or, you know, we're just angry or we're holding mm -hmm. it in. So, you know, I want people to look like me to understand it's cool to be cool. It's cool to have fun. It's cool to like a, it's cool to like a woman. You know, That's it's cool, cool to right. treat a woman right. It's cool. You, you're not a sucker because you do that. You're not. If she, if she do something to you, you cry. It's okay. It's cool. Yeah. You know, but. That's where that's what my organization is going to bring. I will be licensed in a matter of two years, and then my goal is to get my whole center. I want computers in there. I want I want the whole nine. Absolutely. So I want to put that in the community. I want to uh, just just jump on you know uh, a few topics involving the trauma of our communities, the traumas that you know we experience as men. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I heard you say was talking about how to treat a woman. Right. Um, a lot of our traumas have been based upon that because we of what we've seen from our fathers or right. our uncles or old heads in our neighborhoods and things of that nature. Can you speak to the the trauma that you went through as a male dealing with you know women? Well, actually, the, the crazy thing is is that the, the the women I was dealing with spearheaded my journey to go to counseling. Right, mm. so I was just out here um, where I'm from. It was money over women and just yeah. we do what we want and other words yeah <laughs> right it's like oh let's get this money don't worry about the women it was like yeah. you know, and 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 i'm not gonna lie I was I, it was i wasn't as vulgar like that but it was just like man I, i'm good i can get anybody i want right so i was going That's through true. a period where i was cocky i was i was acting like you know i was the man you know i had money i was working other people wasn't 
And, you know, I had that charisma about myself, so I thought I was untouchable, right? Mm-hmm. And it was until these two women um, basically broke me. Basically, mm-hmm. it was like, you know, you ain't really the man. You know, we, we can go. We got other options, right? right. And, they, and they pursued those options. And um, it broke me. Broke me to the point where I was crushed, crying. Like, right. done. Like, oh, my God. And, and honestly, I, I, I was hurt that they left, but I was more hurt that, I was making the same mistakes or I didn't have anybody to talk to us. Like, yo, I, like I couldn't run to my dad and say, yo, dad, like I'm dealing with these women and like how to treat them. I didn't know how to treat a woman when I was right. young. Um, the first time um, I was introduced to any kind of sexual things is my dad came in my room and he threw a pack of condoms on the bed and said, I know you doing it. So take care. It wasn't, yo, you give them roses. Yo, you treat to talk to them. Nice. You do this. You know, back then it was, we was listening to Puffy and Mace. We was just trying to get fly. Yeah, we had waves. Right. We was just, yeah. we was just it, man, we don't need y'all for real. It was like, man, we fly, right? right. And, you know, I embodied that. I embodied that. And, and in the tune, um, women are everything, right? Women are queens. Women are precious. Women are, um, women are you know, they, they make the world go round, right? And Absolutely. back then, when they, they hurt me so bad, and, and they was right for doing it. You know what I'm saying? And this isn't the only time I talked about this. I'm going to tell you, Chris, I got an um, Islamic documentary I taped in Brooklyn last year that's coming out talking about it's called Mental Health. It's, I forgot. I think it's called Pray the Wrong Way or something like that, where it's a documentary where I speak on my trauma that I'm going to actually talk about now. Okay. So um, Ooh, I got to check that out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's coming out soon. So um, basically, when these two women left me, which they had every right to do, because I just wasn't, I, and I was treating them right, but I was also not committing. I didn't want to, I was just not committing. I was just, dealing with them and dealing with multiple, I was just doing way too much. Right. right. So they broke me down, um, which they should have. And I deserved it. And I was just hurt. And I'm, and I was, I was depressed and I went through a time where I wasn't eating. I didn't, it wasn't a light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, I realized like, you know, Fish, you got to change, you know, the things you're doing out here, the way you're talking to people, women, the way you're moving, you have to change. You're not going to get anywhere like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be honest. If you don't, if you something you don't like about a particular person, you have to say it, you can't just go out and, and react and, and just react off what you think. You know, if you have a problem, speak up, be a man. That's the part of a lot of people don't want to be a man. And being a man means making these tough decisions. Um, yeah. Looking people in the eye and telling them you're uncomfortable with them or you don't like what they did. That you're Doing something that you know going to hurt them anyway, but just being honest with it. Like, look, you know, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. And this is why. And actually step off. And back then I wasn't doing that. I was you know, seeing things and doing things. And I wasn't talking about it. It was like, oh, I'm out. All right, let me cheat on Let me do this. And it wasn't fair. So I went to school, um, understood depression, understood why we do the things we do. I wanted to focus on my dad and his drug abuse. I mm-hmm. wanted to know why he did drugs. What was he escaping? Um, through school, I was able to talk to him and found out that, you know, his dad died when he was three or four. And, you know, he didn't really have guidance as well. So he mm-hmm. didn't know how to be a dad himself. So it was, that's where I learned generational, generational trauma. Trauma being passed down, um, even with women, women with no women with no um, fathers, we have more. We have which it creates like egotistical women. Women saying, "I don't need a man. Um, yeah. I can go in this world without it." And um, just, just I love strong black women. I love all black, all, all any race, any woman, any woman. I'm I don't have a problem with, but. I think our particular women is like, oh, I, I can do bad all by myself or, you know, I'm fine or I don't need a man. What man? You know, but that's a that's a lot of it is contested how we are as men out here, how we abandon our children. Uh, we're incarcerated. Uh, we're dying. Uh, we're putting ourselves in situations where we shouldn't and neglecting our kids and child support issues, little issues that we have. And 
that impacts children. And um, as a man, you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm doing wrong. I'm, that was wrong of me. It mm-hmm. takes a lot to say sorry, you know, and, and sorry goes a long way. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's like now I'm more, I'm more honest. I'm more upfront. You know, if I like, if I like an individual, hey, I, hey, I like you. Hey, this is what I like. I don't like to come in as business, but relationships is semi-business. It's like, hey, this is what I bring to the table. This is what I would like. Are you able to do this? Um, if not, let's work on it. You know, it's just, I'm talking more. So Jefferson really helped me understand how to talk more, express myself more if I'm upset. You know, that, that bothered me. That hurt me. Um, or if I don't want to talk. Before, if I didn't want to talk, I just banged on people, right? Yeah. I remember it was times where I can relate to me and you where I, used to, I, I remember telling somebody about you. I said, you know what about Chris? Chris will literally go five years and won't talk to you. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and back then, seriously, back then I used to be like, how can this dude go five years, don't talk? And then I just meet him on a six year and we cool. Now I get it where it's like, yo, I need time. And mm-hmm. if you my friend, you should know, all right, that's just Chris. And I had to really understand it. Like, you know, I ain't even unpersonal with Chris. Like, that's just his makeup. But back yeah. then, back then I would have took it personal. Like, man, you fake, you corny, you don't even, you don't even hit me up. You ain't really real. You ain't really like, no, like he got his own life. He got things going on. He got children. He got a wife. He got a he got a show. Like nobody thinks about that anymore. It's just like, right. oh, he corny. Did you step in, step to that man and ask him? Did you ask him how he feels? Did you ask him what kind of day he had? Do you know the trauma? Do you know what he went through? So that's what I'm doing now. I'm like, you know, I understand you even more now. Cause like I do that. People say I do that. That yeah. piece you don't even be around. Bro, I'm trying to make money. I'm trying to create businesses. I'm y'all, y'all not doing what I'm doing. So I don't even know if I can talk to you guys. You know, so but Absolutely. people don't know that. They just think like, oh, you change, you fronting. Mm-hmm. You know, so I respect you more now. And and it's like the first this. I've been realizing about you, like Chris on another level, and that's who he is, and I and I rock with that. And I think it was until I started doing, I was like, you know, I think this is why Chris was doing this stuff. But I never appreciate that, man. <laughs> right, but I, I always, you know, you always was the man back then. You know what I mean? You always was a true role model. You know, we came in a Cheney, and you was we looked up to you. You know what I'm saying? Like we wanted to be like Chris. You know, and Chris had <laughs> Chris was the man. And looking at you now, even looking at me, bro, like I came a long way. I don't, yeah, absolutely. Like seriously, like I was a twin yeah. thing. <laughs> it's just have us on the radio now. Like, yo, yo, we all we two different kind of people now. We we yeah. more focused on economics. We more focused on our family. We economical, you know, moving this thing forward and planting absolutely. the seeds today for tomorrow. We want to I wasn't talking like that at night 18. Yeah, you know, no. so it's it's amazing to do these things now and how mental health has changed me and how just saying sorry and how being honest will get you so far in life. You have to be the, to the point where it's on, you have to be so honest that you're willing to lose something yeah. um, in order to sleep at night. Like you got to be able to look at whoever that person in the eye is and say, you know what, I'm comfortable with moving on. And I don't, and it's no shot that I don't like you or anything. It's just the direction I'm going. We're just not going that direction. And, we, and I don't have to rumble you. I don't have to shoot you. I don't have no. to, you know, put no. dirt on your name and say, you ch- I don't have to do that. Just respect that. You know, we just going somewhere else. Right, right. I was I was scrolling through your IG, your Instagram, and I seen the video that you did about the ripple effect. Correct. And I, I, I mean, I believe that's so powerful because it's about really taking inventory about what you're doing, right? And what you caused. Can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. So the ripple effect is, um, I actually did that with my group when, when I was at Jefferson. Um, we had to do 600 hours of internship, free internship hours. So I actually did mine at Fairmount Hospital, and the ripple effect is a is a a triangle and it starts up here 
would be um, so ripple effect basically breaks down how one mistake um, can alter everything. You know what I'm saying? I tell people um, if it's people that got mad one time, right, mm -hmm. and couldn't control it, and stabbed somebody, and shot somebody, and now they're throwing 50 years in life, 50 years to life, off mm -hmm. one decision. That one decision can change your life. So, you know, as men or as I'm gonna say a man, you know, you you got your wife, Chris, and you you know you make one bad decision to to to, to cheat on your wife, right? Mm -hmm. And you little do you know that decision affects your wife, the way your wife's family look at you, the way your child look at you, the way your daughter look at you, the way your mother look at you. Um, on different sides of the pyramid, you got your wife on this side, mm -hmm. so her life changed. Her view of men changed. Her view of trust changed. Her view of what is love changed right. off this one decision, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't think about that. We just out here and we doing these things and mm -hmm. we just like, we, we the man. But that one decision can alter the way your son look at you, right? Because your son gonna say, dang, life was good. My mom was in the house. Now, you, now was mommy in the house. Yeah. Now was my mom in the house. You know, so now it's like, how, what's, how, what's that gonna do to your son? He used to y'all eating at the table, right? Yeah. He used to y'all having family dinners, family outings. Now it's another guy, right? Yeah. Now we got to call him stepdad. Now he's confused. Uh -huh. We were just with my, you know, so the pyramid just breaks down how one decision affects so many people you don't even know. Like her family look at you different now. Mm -hmm. Now it's dirt on your name. You have a business, Chris. You got a business. Now mm -hmm. your business might take a hit. Where you plan to go in your life is farther. You plan to be in a paper. You plan to do big things. Chris Thomas is going to be a household name, right? Mm -hmm. And you did this one bonehead decision, and now your business taking it. I don't even want to do business with this guy, right? right. And, and it's just people don't understand. It's just is how it goes when you make when you doing these things and you out here and you making these decisions. Understand how it impacts everyone. Understand how your wife can now be depressed. Your wife can want to kill herself. Your wife can commit a crime against you that puts her in jail, that jeopardizes now you're a single father. Mm -hmm. Now you got to raise kids because your, your wife was unable to bottle her emotions up or get control of her emotions. Now yeah. she now she flattening your tires. Now she busting your windows off. Now she's committing a crime, right? Off your own decision. So I like to do that decision. I like to do that group exercise to get my young teenagers to understand if you're mad, if you're upset, think about it. You mm -hmm. don't want to do life in jail because you just got mad at somebody. Your freedom is gone. You can't rob the bank and tell a judge, I robbed him 50,000, but I'm going to give you the 50,000 back. Right, right. <laughs> no, I'm going to need you to like get to 10 years for that, my man. Yeah. You can't say, Your Honor, I was upset. No. Boom, 10 to 20. Just that quick. So one decision can really bring the whole house down. And, mm -hmm. I, I, and, and I do that exercise all the time. Because um, at Fairmount, we had, new, we had new round of kids coming in once every two weeks. So this was one of my great exercises. I used to ask kids, why are you in here? Oh, I got mad at my mom. Punched the, punched the TV. Okay, so you punched the TV. You broke your hand. You mm -hmm. went to the hospital. Now you, now, now, you, now, you, now you get mental health. Now they think you, now, now mentally they think you need medication. Now the medication is making you overweight. Now the overweight is making you depressed because now your self-love and your self-image is taking a hit all because you punched TV. Yeah. So now, now you done balloon from 120 pounds to 160. Mm -hmm. Your self-esteem is low. 
Now, anybody say something to you, you mad, you want to fight, you're aggressive. What you looking at? Do you know who I am? I'll sock you. It, it just basically it controls the anger management part of the depression of one decision. You don't want to go down that road. And we all will still make mistakes. And we all will make mistakes. But just understand, you know, making a mistake consistently is a habit. It's now it's like you just, you just don't, now this is like a habit. Yeah. You know, so I want to stop you in your tracks and get you to think more about, you know, the conscious decisions you make. Man, I love that ripple effect. And I right. think that, <laughs> you know, adults, no matter what stage you are at life, children as well too, teenagers, I think that should be one of our like self-check-ins, like, right. you know, it's your ripple effect. I know for me personally, um, everything I do now in my, you know, I'm, I'm 37. So I started by when I was like 28, 29, every, every decision I make, I have to always look at the total picture to see how it affects the people that, you know, I love or the people that's around me or how it affects me, how it changed change my mood, all those type of things, man. Right. So when I came across it, I said, wow. And I, I looked at it twice mm-hmm. and I was like, man, if he can just draw this thing on the screen while we're doing the, the, the podcast, right. <laughs> that'd be dope. But uh, I'm definitely going to, uh, I'm going to repost it, man. I want people to check it out. I want people to like really implement it and try it um, within themselves and check it out. Let me ask you this. 2020, we got a lot going on. Right going on. Politically, socially, uh, financially. Mm-hmm. This, this, this world is upside down right now. What are some things that you say from your viewpoint or what you see from your viewpoint that as a community, African-American men, that we can do different now in this time to help our country go forward? Well, I think the pandemic um, really put a perspective on everything. You have people that was either going to make a lot of money or lose a lot of money. Um, I think the government gave us money. And um, I don't think everybody did what we were supposed to do with the money. I've seen people getting a lot of money. And and I've seen this pandemic bring families together. Um, I've seen this pandemic create divorces because now y'all spending, now y'all got to get along. It's like, oh, goodness. I'm not even used to being in the house with you this long. I normally go to work around this time. Right? So it done a lot for us. you have entrepreneurs that were selling dinners. You have entrepreneurs that were creating all kinds of stuff. It's like, you know, yeah. they were delivering things. They you had woodworks. Come, I mean, we have businesses coming out everywhere. Oh, I, yeah. you know, I can deliver that drink to you. You know, we had people making punch. I had people. It was just crazy. So the, the pandemic did positive things and negative things to people. This pandemic showed me that the college degree means nothing, yeah. and and I mean, it means something, but. A skill trade or a skill, mm-hmm. I think it's going to really propel you into the future. I mean, this goes to show you that jobs can be shut down like that. I mean, we got big businesses that's never going to be the same. The, the, the movie theaters, um, any big gatherings, who's to say concerts are going to be the same? Who Like the music, like it's so much that was impacted by this. And there was so much that companies seen like, oh, we don't even need that anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, like, I see you with the trucking business. That's the test of time. It's not everybody. Everybody need goods. Absolutely. So that's one of the businesses that's going, you know, stand true. The vending machine business, sadly, well, not sadly, but is really not going to go anywhere. And all reality, I, hold on, but I, I, I agree with you. I see what you. I see from the perspective you're looking right. at. But I think that it will stand the test of time because we're now going to have people confined to an area. But look at this. Okay. But look at this, right? They 
I had I had people creating vending machines to sell food. I had I had a guy build a vending machine with meat. Like wow. basically, the, basically it was so much scarce. Like some people wasn't. I mean, I don't know. I look at it one or two ways. Like the vending machine business, because there's no touch, there's no interaction, there's no that. It's like okay, that might work. Like I seen I seen people creating vending machines that put clothes in there. I seen. Mm. I seen so much like because really vending machines is not just about snacks and sodas. I can make a vending machine with anything. I could put weave in a vending machine. I could put a brush in there. I could put grease in there. I could put Tylenol. I could put essential products in there. PPE. I got machines literally for PPE. Wow. Mask. Um, I got a guy, he got a butcher, a meat, a meat shop. He don't even open a shop no more. He said, I'm gonna build three vending machines outside, and y'all just want to go here and get it. I don't know how yeah. trustworthy that is and be like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going to press this button and, that's on, and I'm going to yeah. get my meat. I don't know about that. from the vending machine. Right. I actually, I don't know what's in there, but yeah. I see your side of it. And then I see where people can really monopolize and really come up. You had laundromats that didn't have detergent. I mean, you had laundromats or you couldn't get into a warehouse and couldn't clean your clothes, but you had a vending machine that got tied. Dove. Soap. I can put soap in there. I can put ink. I can put razors in there. I can put feminine products in there. I can, you know, I can do anything I want. So imagine around that time if I was in an apartment, when I was in there when the, when the COVID really hit and I had feminine products, I had um, condoms. I had, like, imagine I would I would have came up. Because, like, the story, right? They, this book, y'all want to wait in that line? Right, right. Or y'all want to go downstairs and, and, you know, your hair hurt and get a town or you want to get a drink or you want to, you know, it's, it can go both ways, though. Yeah, man, it's it's definitely tough. But what are some what are some things during this this season that we in for our community in particular? Um, what can we do different? Because I, I watch I watch a lot of news, mm-hmm. um, a lot of CNN, C-SPAN, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not looking at it for the fear factor and like oh why this why that. No, I'm looking at it because I'm I'm a firm believer if if you want to overcome something, you have to study the game film. So when I'm watching these politicians speak and I'm watching the President Trump, watching him speak and uh, Vice President Spence, uh, Pence, I'm listening to them because I'm gaining intel on how to counteract mm-hmm. what they're trying to propose. So what do you think as a community, African-Americans can do in this season better to advance what we're trying to get done? I mean, for, first and foremost, we all got to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, we all gotta we all gotta vote and understand what's really going on. Understand we gotta put the right position people in position to do the to, to move the laws that we want uh, in terms of reform. And um, I think we can get a hold on prison reform. I think we can stop committing crimes. I think economically we can learn how to empower ourselves um, to make money. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out what are you asking me? Are you asking me what can we do as as our community to to beat the guy in office and make it a better life? Or are you asking me like what can we do as black people? For economic base, like, 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 like yeah, like okay. So, what what can we do to have a better quality of life? Is we're not even trying to, we're not trying to overcome the election. We're not trying to. It's like when you ride down the street, what are some things that you see that we can do better? I mean, my community. I I, I think in terms of my knowledge and what I'm seeing, I think the gun violence is ridiculous. I think we can mm-hmm. we can stop by killing each other. Um, we can, we need to understand that we can make more money together and it is, and then there's plenty of money. Um, Absolutely. I think we, the only race where we think is, is, is impossible. Like, oh, mm-hmm. he got 50,000. I can't make 50,000. No, you can make 75 too. We can mm-hmm. all make money. We can all come together for a common goal. And I think that's, that'd be the biggest thing. It's like, 
I had more people hit me up like, oh, I want a vending machine, but is it is it still stuff left? Oh, I'm finding, I'm hitting, I'm hitting blocks. I can't find anything, bro. It's millions of things being built every day. But just had that mindset that we can all win. Um, everybody wants to just hate on another, tear this person down. Oh, I wouldn't do business with them. Okay. Or they they responded to me late. Okay, if you go to Walmart, Walmart, you might not reach this person until a week later, but it's cool with you. If you if Walmart will tell you wait a week, but it's cool. But if I'm a black owned business, not just start up, you got a problem because my product got stuck. All right, cool, bro. I'm on the way. I'm gonna actually give you two for the price of one. No, oh. but still, it got. Listen, you wouldn't have did that anywhere else, bro. I'm trying to help you out. So I think if mentally, if we kind of got to understand, like we can really all win because we're losing right now. Um, we're killing each other. Um, we hating on each other. We're shooting. The businesses aren't even lasting a year now. Um, in my own city, we got a a, a woman named um Saudia. She do country cooking. Hmm. Um, and she get more hate uh, from her own people. Um, but we have we have Chinese stores on every corner. And they don't get back to the hood. They don't. They don't do. They don't do book drives, coat drives. Um, they don't let you go five cent. Um, but we got a, a powerful African American woman in the city of Philadelphia that's giving back. I mean, tons of money, proms. Um, she do things for children. Um, she always donate things to people. And um, my city hate on her the most. You know, it's just difficult. I think if we all just understood it's hard. It's hard being an entrepreneur. Like people don't have no idea what that means. Like you really run your whole business, and any problems you have, it's on you. There's nobody else to turn to. It's like it was hard. You know, other people probably had help, more help. Um, I see I see Chinese stores make a million dollars on the corner. Seriously, yeah. 500000 on the corner. And it's like, if I if I put a business there, they'll, they'll rob me. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's crazy. I always say as an entrepreneur, people just look at the rewards and never pay attention to the responsibility that it takes to run it and to organize right. it. Because you're not only uh, developing and, and implementing the stuff of the business, but you're also doing a lot of self-development stuff because if you're not right, the business is not going to be right. Right. And I think that's what everybody misses. Right. So when we, when we look at our communities, like you just said about a Chinese store, but we can name several different stores that's in our communities where we live at. Mm-hmm. They don't even live in our community. No, they don't. You know I mean? But they're getting money in our community. Mm-hmm. So, and, and another thing I look at is how we as a people, we don't care for our community in the sense of, I always say this, I said this to somebody, I got into a little debate about it, and it was right right where one of my buildings are at, there, the sidewalk right there is you know, all messed up, and people, they just throw trash over there and everything, yeah. and it's not my trash, but because I own the building, I feel responsible to clean it up, Right. you know what I mean? But people don't take that pride into our own communities, mm-hmm. and the guy, he was saying, you don't have to do that, this is, and I was like, yeah, I have to do it, because if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Right. You know what I mean? So I, I, I'm from, I believe that we have to take the responsibility aspect just as important, just as important as any rewards that we can get because we love our communities. We wrap them, we talk about them, we wear them on our shirt. Right. But we don't, we don't take the time out to build it back up. Right. And as we see and as we know, no one's going to do it for us. And it's sad because even you know you t- even on the real estate side of it, it's like yo. Um, you know, we got houses in our in our inner city in the urban community, and it's like, yo, if if everybody put up a thousand, or if everybody put up five thousand, you know, you can really own the hood. You you want to rep it on mm-hmm. the shirt. You want to say, yo, where you from, bro, and, and shoot me for that. It's like, bro, you can own two. You can own two houses on this block, and you can really run your hood. You know, we right. can really do things. It's like it's a lot of, you know, it's always a myth that, you know, we broke or the hood. The hood got the most money. Absolutely. The, the, like people don't understand. Like the hood has the most money. Like, mm-hmm. why do you think these other races coming in here gentrifying our communities? This is where the money at. These these Asians communities, they're not coming to Philly 
for nothing. They're not coming and putting it in smack dab in the middle of the hood where 30 homicides gonna happen in two days. They're not they're not worrying about that. They like, yo, mm -hmm. it's gonna this gonna make me five hundred thousand and I'm gonna sleep upstairs. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna ship my money overseas to the people over there. And I'm gonna help my people out. I'm gonna come here. There's no way I can go to there's no way I can go to Asia or China or anywhere and and, and set up a soul food store and win. And be like, oh, I'm gonna send my money back to North Philly. No, they're mm -hmm. gonna wanna know why you're here. Excuse me. You know, we it's it's places in, over there you can't even you not you you segregated against. So I just it just it kills me because it's like, you know, we the most scrutinized. Um, nobody the, the, our community they don't take time with us. It's like, oh, yo, bro, like, like every time I go fill my machine, I might I might have well, I haven't had it lately, but like w one guy come to me, yo, man, my soda got stuck, dog. All right, calm down, I got you. What was it that got stuck? Here, I got you right now. Oh, it's 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 hot though. Listen, bro, like, come on. Yeah. It's like it's never it's not. It's like, it's like, yo, what you want me to put some ice in it? Like, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm gonna give you another one. I sometimes I might give you two of them because there's nothing to me to be like, I'm all for customer service. We ain't gonna have this problem no more, bro. Here you go. But mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you off me now. Like, that, you off yeah. me? Like, come on. And you know, but other races, they they get afforded that. You know, you go to Willow Grove and you don't throw your trash down in Willow Grove. You don't go to Abington. No, nah, bro, you can't do that out here. Oh, we can do it on 33rd and Burst. Or we can mm -hmm. do it on on, uh, on 9th Street in Chester. Or, you know what I mean? We, we can, or, you know what I mean? Like, how's that fair? You know, but I think mentally we just, and I don't know how long it's going to take us, Chris. Like, I don't know, but it's like mentally, it's like some people think we will never get there. And um, that's why a lot of us move out. I'm, I'm, I'm never coming to the hood, but it's like, it's tough. It's it tough, is. yo. And I think mindset has to change. I have an um, idea. I've been, I've been working it with a few people, man. And um, I, I get a lot of reviews from it. Some people tell me, you know, I'm crazy. They say, hell no. Uh, some people say, um, just look at you, the blank stare, like, okay. Um, so my idea is this. In in every zip code, especially in our, you know, African-American communities, um, we can we can we can um multiply this by the zip codes, but the 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 framework of the idea is this. We have 20 organizations or 20 people committing to inserting or putting up um um Shoot, $500, right? $5,000, I apologize, $5,000. Okay. That becomes $100,000, right? At that, if you got 20 organizations or people who can afford it, $5,000. Mm -hmm. If you multiply that by 12 months, that's $1.2 million. Think about the kid in the zip code that might need the laptop because now they're, they need, you know, school is virtual now. Think about the family that may need, transportation or help right. with transportation as far as a bus pass or something like that. The person who made the family may need um, utility bill help money. We just formed a budget of a hundred thousand a month. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Just all 20 organizations or 20 people mm -hmm. who can put up $5,000. Now, the re the reason I, I put that, that number amount, because in all of our communities in all of our zip codes, we have at least, 10 to 15 organizations or we have 10 to 15 people who can afford right. 5,000 a month to be a charitable donation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, I'm getting a lot of mixed reviews about that. So I want to ask you, what do you think about that? I mean, I think it's, I think it's possible. I think it's feasible. I think it's definitely necessary, but I think it's, it's like our community is like, if they don't, if they, they, they have to see it to believe it. Right. You can't come to, to Philly and be like, you know, I got this great idea. First, first of all, like, they're gonna be more worried about who you are. 
like yeah. versus any well, who, 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 what, what are you talking about? I don't even know the bull. It's like, yo, he coming with a great opportunity, right? But mm -hmm. they don't look at it like that, you know? So, but I'm all for what you're saying. I think it's possible, but it has to be like-minded people. I mean, if you got people that's never even, you know, seen um, a, a amount of money in their life or, or, or don't even believe that it can be attainable, it's, mm -hmm. it's hard to convey that to them. So I think the ideal is, is great, but it, it will only touch people that's really can see the vision. If you don't really see the vision, it's like, oh, who are you? Now, if you, now, now if, you have to come back and already have five million, right? Oh, mm -hmm. Chris, he world renowned. He, you know, yeah, like yeah, they'll yeah. jump on his jaw, like, oh, he cool. But you yeah. coming right now, and I ain't in your pockets. You might have five million, but if you come yeah. right now, and it's like they go, oh, I don't even know the boy. You, yo, you heard of him? Like, he talk, like, why we gotta do all this? He coming with a plan. So what yeah. you need to hear from somebody else, like you know. So I, I think it sounds great. I'm all for it. Um, oh. I'm all for it, but I just mentally. You know, people got to want it. You got to want to end poverty. You got to want to say, this life I'm living now, I don't want to do it no more. You know what I'm saying? I, I make a goal with myself, like, every year I want to do something different. Like, 2017, I said I want to buy a house. In 2018, I bought a house. In 2019, I created my business. Mm -hmm. I created two businesses. In 2020, I'm running one of my businesses. So in 2021, it's like, all right, I, I want to elevate every year. And it doesn't have to be big. I'm not one of them guys to be like, I got to make this. Like, I don't go crazy over it. It's just like, what can I do this year that makes me better? So Chris, the idea you just presented is great, but it has to be for people that's like, I want to go to another level. Like, I don't want to do this, but it's hard because a lot of us, we want to lead a hood. Like, I don't even want to be around this, right? And then you got other people that stay and get killed in the hood. Mm. You know, you got, or, or they get, they get hated the most. It's like, man, and then it just forces you to leave. And it's like, at this point, it's like, man, whatever. I don't even care about the hood no more. But it just, it makes sense what you're saying, Chris. It's just people got to be all in on it. They got to believe it. You know, you got to believe this stuff, man. That's the truth. That's the truth. What, before we close, I want, there's two things I want to say to you. Um, one is, have you heard of the book Powernomics by um, Dr. Claude Anderson? Never heard of it. Never, Never heard of it. Yo, I got to get you <laughs> get you a copy of a I listened to an interview with uh, Nick Cannon and um, Kanye West, and they spoke about this book. This book was published in 2001. Really? But this, this guy, he wrote the, it's a book called Powernomics, the National Plan for Black America to Advance. Mm. And um, in order for, he was talking about in the first chapter, I'm, I'm only, you know, in chapter two, but he said, uh, he's talking about, we have to go back and learn the institution of, of slavery, basically. And when, once we learn the positives and the pros and cons of it, once we under, we have to come to a place of understanding it instead of saying, oh, no, 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 no. You know, I mean, it's like studying game film. Mm -hmm. now, once you have a, the understanding of, of, of what it is and how it worked and how it functioned and what was the purpose of it, things of that nature, then you now have to, um, then that's the, that's, the, that's the gateway to implementing strategies, right, to overcome it. Because all they did was we had physical slavery now, mental slavery now, we got financial slavery. It just keeps going. Right. right? But in order to defeat it, we have to understand it. So, but I, I'm, I'm only in the first two chapters <laughs> and I'm asking everybody, man, because especially you too, just, just the, where you are in the stage in your life mm -hmm. and how you view things and your perspective. I'm like, man, that'd be a great read, but not only a read, I'm studying the book too to understand more on how I can help not only individuals, but communities. Right. You know what I mean? And if we get enough people with that, like you said, like-minded in that same mindset, then we can start making some real things, implement some real stuff and change some things. But 
Um, what advice would you give to somebody right now? They came to you and said, man, I'm ready to start a business. I'm ready to become an owner. I'm ready to, you know, get my life and go to the next level. What advice would you give them right now? Well, just honestly, just understand the pros and cons. Um, do your research. Um, do your research and, and, and understand if it's feasible for you. Like people, like I didn't know that, you know, my first week I would be there twice a week. Like understand, do you have time to do that? Do you have time to go buy these products? Um, understand that um, products is cheaper anywhere else. Like in Philly, you have a soda tank. So you might have to cross the bridge to get your soda, you know? Um, just just ask yourself what you want. Put, give yourself a number, you know, mm -hmm. do your bills get, and ask yourself how you want to live, you know, and, and go about it and go get it. If you want to, um, you know, if you want to say, you say, hey, my goal is to make $100,000 a year. Try to find a way to do it in a manner that's going to have you, you know, being able to have financial freedom. You know, I've, you know, I, when I started the interview off, I was, I was working sun up to sun down, you know, but I wasn't happy. You know, I was just, I was eating more. I, you know, at those kind of jobs, it's like, you just, you just in the whole house all day, you just eating, yo, y'all ordering, but you, you got the money for it. So my, your health is not good. You, you know, and you, I just tell people to just do all the pros and cons and, and see if it's feasible for you. Don't, don't feel like you have to do it because everybody else is doing it. Um, just, just think about it. Just really think about it and, and say, okay, do I feel like doing this? Do I feel like dealing with people? Is my customer service skills good? Do I know how to do percentages? Do I know, do I feel like driving and going to get products, stocking this machine every week? You know, cause I'm going to get to a point where I'm going to be having six machines and I'm going to be going to these locations two, three times a week. And I can't yeah. wait. Right. And I, I can't wait. Cause it's like, yo, I, I know when I, I, if anytime I'm going two, three times a week, that money coming in two, three yeah. times a week, if they run into it like that, that's a good thing. So just anything you do, just write it down, put it on paper, think about it. Um, try not to tell too many people. Cause when you start getting more and more opinions, it's going to sway you from it. Um, I learned that the hard way. Like I would run things by people. No, I'm good. Though. I don't need sound. And then mentally you start thinking like, oh, man, it's not even going to work. So just try to talk to people that you think is interested in you and what you're doing in your vision. The hardest thing you're going to realize is that people are not going to be supporting you like that. I have friends that um, didn't repost me, um, that I've had my life been around me, came around me. I fed these guys, talk to these guys all the time. And it's like, if I get a certain, like if I do something, it's like they don't repost me. They don't say congratulations. So I had to go through that period where it's like, yo, what's going on? Like, I'm not even making, I'm not rich like that. I just came up with an idea, and, you know, but everybody not going to really like you like that. And I had to realize, like, I got to be around people that's, probably making more money than me or mm -hmm. or got a different mindset so be 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 ready to probably lose friends um be ready for things to be uncomfortable and also in business be ready to take a loss oh what i didn't share was my second day that i placed my machine in there it got robbed so yeah, I see that. yeah. my second day um basically i don't want to say it got robbed it was a lock issue so they didn't put a tight lock on my thing. So I think what you could see is somebody just banged it and then the whole thing just opened and it was open sesame. Like they didn't break the window. So basically I had to put like two, three deadbolt dead locks on it, but I lost $500 my second day of business, right? Mm -hmm. Because I have a platform and because like, you know, I've done things for the community and I've done positive things. I put that video out on social media and I got $500 that same night by, by, um, People was just give donate me money. Man. So that night, that day, I lost five hundred dollars in product. And by eleven o'clock that night, I had all my money back. Man. So 
it goes as things to say when you put good things out there, you're positive and you're moving correctly. Uh, people see that. And um, that's why it's good to give a lot of stuff away for free. I've talked to so many people and they pay it for it. So I was blessed that, you know, I was able to have people say like, yo, that's crazy. That happened to him. I give him $5. I give him $10. I had a woman give me $90 from London. Never met her in my life. Man. PayPal me $90. So, you know, be be ready to take a loss. Be ready to put three grand up and 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 probably make $40 a week. Yeah. I wouldn't wish that on nobody. But no, no, be prepared. No that this is a business and you're going to take s s a couple L's. Of course, we want to avoid the L's. I'm sure, Chris, you took yeah, L's in your business. Absolutely. I'm sure you, <laughs> so hard I'm talking too. about losing 500. I'm sure you probably lost 5,000 or, or some big yeah, money or something where it's like, you know, bigger. <laughs> right. It's like, but you still happy because it's like, yo, this business, I'm making it back and it don't yeah. even matter. But just understand that it's a business and you, just it's going to take else. And that's the biggest thing I can say, but be prepare yourself not to and, and mentally have immensely prepare yourself to understand the way this business works and you'll be successful. Man, you know, I appreciate you. Yeah, man. No problem. No doubt. You on here, Sharon, man, you, you gave a ton of information. Thanks. You gave a million dollars worth. Wanna, <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, my wife and I, we definitely want to get involved uh, with right, the right. consultation segment. Um, because some things that we want to know, we want to do it um, through the vending service here down in Charlotte. But man, um, I'm happy for you, man. I'm proud yeah, of you. to see the man that you have became. Um, again, man, we got on that phone, man. We ain't talking years, but we like, <laughs> oh, this is my guy, this like my man, yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that's love, man. I appreciate that, and I and I um, I needed it too because. You know, as you move forward, man, you're going to start to realize that, you know, people that say they love you don't, they really don't, they don't, because they don't know how. They don't you know? know how, right. It's not because they're bad people. They just don't know how to, you know what I mean? But um, just they, like, you know, I tell people, man, about you, he's full of energy, man, he's full of joy. So if you're around him, you can't be, you can't be down, you can't be hurt, you can't right, be upset. Right, right. And I appreciate that. Yeah, about, no doubt, man. Uh, again, but man. Then, and whatever, um... I, another thing I would say before we go is, is I've, re I've seen that there's more money and outside of Philly with this vending machine business. I find more locations outside of Philly. Okay. So like whenever you're ready to pull a plug, let me know um, and we'll get right on it. And I just want to see you with a picture right next to the machine. You know what I'm saying? It's very, it's going to be a good feeling, man. Another stream, multiple streams, man. Multiple That's, what streams. That's what it's about. Y'all heard it. Go to his website, www.belovedvendingservices.com if you want to get involved in the vending machine business. If you have any counseling needs, you can also reach out to him as well, too. Again, this is Nafis Johnson. My brother, I thank you. No problem, man. We'll get with you, man. All right. All right, Hope you enjoyed Tempo Podcast today. You can subscribe on all podcast platforms and on our website at www.paysetmovement.com. Thanks for listening. And until next week, remember, create momentum, then dictate tempo.